It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I remember how to do this. Um, did we know before? Mm, that's an excellent question. Yeah. Well, so far, we only have five-star reviews. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of good streaks going. <laughs> we haven't broken the podcast. We've got good reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, and we don't record every week, but we've had an episode come out every week. Mm-hmm. Which begs the question, who is recording on those weeks when we're not? Uh-huh. Uh, Billy pointed out there was a bug in the Mannheim Steamroller episode. There was. I mean, aside from, like, everything I said. Um, yeah, we had some... I don't even know what happened. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming something happened with Libsyn because the copy of the file um, on my local machine was full length, but the one that was being served out to people today was... 44 minutes and 39 seconds long. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, it's fixed now, but yeah. I think it was the people who think it's too early. Mm, either that or uh, German German speakers. Yes, them. Mm. Fed those, up. Those that uh, that speak of the Deutsch might uh, might have a problem with That's some of the English. comments I made. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Ah, all right. Um, so curiosity. Uh, item one. It killed the cat. Mmm, mmm. That's what it was. That's what I know. Mm-hmm. On Twitter earlier today, I said, uh, you know what they say about curiosity and cats? They both hate water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty heavy coffee drinker, though, curiosity. Mm. Got to got to keep the eyes open. Mm-hmm. Got to stay alert. Got to catch the red eye. Got to catch them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I believe that's Dragon Ball Z. Uh, poke a coffee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Anime Corner with Katie and Max. Oh yeah, right. Omg. Wow. Nope. Would have nothing to offer. This really would be the extent of it. Mm. And thanks for tuning into the series. That is all <laughs> she wrote. Mm. The cat's dead, and I know nothing about anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curiosity did it in the study with the candlestick. Mm-hmm. Case closed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, take us out, Chip. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I'm glad he's here. <laughs> That's what I said at the end of the last one. <laughs> I thought you were talking about our stagehand. Oh no, 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 no! His name? No, his name's not Chip. Isn't he's going to be so mad. Oh, sh- I'm going to have to edit all this oh, out. God, is it? Is it Chet? Am I even close? It's Chet. Oh, stagehand Chet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> God, he's sorry, been. Ah, uh, he's been here for years. Yeah, all these years we've been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel I need to, to channel Dan Benjamin and say, what has happened to the show? <laughs> it's here somewhere. You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled, Being Into Things. 
For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 41. Yeah, well, shall I um, dive in afresh? Mm -hmm. I'm curious where you're going to take this one. (laughs) Yeah. So I was thinking about um, something that I ask my students to do quite often that I'm wondering how we might think about this in terms of our own work and our own lives um, and all the ways that we attempt to adult in the world and and be productive and (laughs) do things. Um, so I was thinking about this topic of curiosity, which comes up pretty frequently in writing about writing, um, all -hmm. these wonderful books that authors do about writing, about their own personal craft, um, especially in the genre of travel writing. So this idea that you should think of yourself as an observer in the world, you should be, uh, open to new experiences. You should be visiting places Um, even familiar places as if they are totally new to you, right? So that sort of tourist position. Um, So I was thinking about that a lot and trying to figure out how how does that translate to our everyday experiences. Um, So I could certainly talk about um, there's an activity that I ask my students to do where they have to uh, get into this mindset. But I also wanted to see just generally what this made you think of too. Hmm. Well, um, it made me think of what I uh, have been characterizing in my head all day as the old man rant, um, <laughs> which I can I can go into, but we might want to save because <laughs> okay. it might it might might take a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but I, I I was of two minds. First of all, I was I was thinking about um, I've I have heard it said, um, and I've read that curiosity has. Um, certain benefits as far as as learning certainly, but also just just staying sharp, staying engaged, and and uh, even interpersonal stuff. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that's recommended, like if you find you you don't make friends very easily or you're not very good at small talk, like one of the skills that you're supposed to cultivate, um, that one is supposed to cultivate. I'm sure you're fine at it. I I need to cultivate it for one though is to ask questions, mm. just to learn to ask questions of people. Um, and it's not that I'm incurious about people. I'm just bad at that, um, at remembering to ask things that I'm wondering about or to wonder things about people, <laughs> um, you know, in general. So I was, I was thinking about those things. Um, I, was, uh, I did a bit of Googling around today, just trying to get my bearings on, on you know, the research side of things. I didn't find very much that interested me. I did find... Um, an article on psychology today I'll put in the show notes on the benefits of curiosity. Um, it it uh, described a study that suggests that um, when we're curious about a subject, when our curiosity is engaged, uh, it's actually beneficial for the learning of all kinds of things, including unrelated subjects that we're encountering at the same time, <laughs> things we're not interested in, you know, things that we're not actually curious about. Um so that was that's kind of an interesting side side thing. So I'd say curiosity is a good thing to cultivate, certainly, um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but if we get into the old rant, old man rant, I I also think it's something that um, while we we don't ever want to lose, I also think it's it's not necessarily always a bad thing when we're not curious about everything in the world. Hmm. Um, Can I just to get a sense of where that rant might be headed? What? <laughs> What tracks it's even on? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, you, are you thinking about 
the possible limitations in terms of focus or perhaps um, the overblown benefits of, quote, inspiration. Is it one of those two realms? No, I think that relates. I'm thinking more in terms of... Um, so I don't, I don't really think it's bad to be curious about anything and everything in the world. Um, I would even say that's, that's often going to be an asset, but, um, going way, way back to episode number two of this podcast, um, where we talked about Sheena Iyengar's The Art of Choosing, um, something she raises there and that I've heard said elsewhere is that, that one thing that distinguishes experts and their performance of various things is their decision-making ability. And expert decisions are often better because experts are very good at knowing what not to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of cutting things off and saying, you know, no, that's not relevant to this. Um, a neophyte will look at 100 options and be confused or have difficulty because they all look equally good or equally bad or equally inscrutable. And an expert will look at them and instantly say, 98 of these are completely unworkable because of these five things. Mm-hmm. You know, these two are the only two that have anything that matters, and this is the one dimension that they differ on that matters. So this is, you know, this is how we will choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I think, I think there's a relationship here. I think that's not not so different from someone who is very curious about certain things and not curious, even incurious about other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a certain there's a certain skill in being mindful about what you are going to be completely open to. Um, and again, that's not to say that benefits don't accrue to people who are curious about anything and everything. But I also think, as as you said, in terms of like focus, um, it can be beneficial to know when it's going to pay off to be curious about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it's okay to say, no, you know what, that's not for me. Sure, sure. Um, and I have, I have a couple of examples of that. Mm-hmm. Please do. Okay. Well, now we're going to get into the old man rant. <laughs> well, then it's out of the way and we can, we've freed yeah. up that space. Right? <laughs> we can, we can dispense with it and move on to more productive talk. <laughs> um, Indubitably. Yes. Yes. So I've heard this described as the, the, the behavior, the cognitive behavior I'm thinking of um, as uh, chunking. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I mean, I'm probably going to misuse it here. I, I'm not going to be precise because this isn't something I've read a lot of the psychology about. It's just, just something I've heard kind of casually thrown around. But this idea that um, as we learn to get by in the world, one of the ways that we we make the world into something we can even deal with is we put things in categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as we get more experience in various domains and we learn about things that are not for us and we learn about the things that are for us, we get better and better um, sometimes even to a fault at putting things in categories. And uh, I've, I've heard Merlin Mann describe this as the old man disease, where, you know, more and more things you just you just instantly are able to say, like, that's not for me, without really even giving them due consideration. <laughs> um, and an example that came to mind thinking about this, uh, and it came to mind because I have I've reflected before on the fact that this, this, this word, this term that came into the popular consciousness – um, I had this relationship to it where I was I was not only not curious about it, I was, I used that word before, incurious. I was the opposite of curious about it. So I thought it would be a good example because it is the perfect, it's the perfect like old man chunking like, you know, okay. <laughs> turn up your nose at something without even looking into why you're turning your nose up at it kind of thing. And that word is twerking. <laughs> I think I think easily the first hundred times, maybe the first two hundred times I encountered this term, it did not even occur to me to wonder what it was. 
Mm. Like, I was not even, it didn't even strike me that I should go look it up and decide whether or not this was anything I needed to know about. I knew immediately I didn't know what anybody was talking about, and I also knew that I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a number of reasons. Um, probably, like a lot of cognitive stuff, the most important reasons are not known to me. But the, mm-hmm. the conscious reasons that I can enumerate, I mean, are, are very simple. Like, first of all, things that I'm into, things that are important to me, don't get names like twerking. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, secondly, the I don't want to say the kinds of people because then it'll sound like a demographic thing. And as you know, we're solving racism on this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, but the people who were using the word twerking and talking about twerking – I was very able to very quickly discern that except for a few people who are using it very sort of like, you know, meme reference and, and casually dismissively, the people who were really into this were obviously people who did not share a lot of my interests. Um, the people for whom this word was important were not people that, that I get a lot of my daily news and opinion and entertainment from. Mm. I just got deja so, vu. So almost right away, it was like, you know what? This is not something – I don't know what this is, but this is not for me. Um, finally, one day, it got the better of me, and I went and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's an example, and I don't think I was wrong. My life was not worse off. I wasn't missing out on an important cultural conversation by not knowing, you know, the the the, the this particular term of art for a type of dancing – it was not important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not worse off for it. And that's not to say that everything, you know, I instantly know everything that's going to leave me culturally uh, improved or culturally impoverished. I don't think that's true of any of us. But I can definitely say in this case, like, I didn't need this. I was right. Hmm. Um, and that's 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 one side of it. That's kind of the old man rant. Like, there mm-hmm. are things. <laughs> there are things that I don't need to waste my time getting engaged in. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though... Um, I have I have I have a counterexample um from when I was not such an old man of when I did the exact same thing and I was wrong. Mm. So, uh, I want to be clear, I don't think it's always good to instantly turn your nose up at something that you don't understand or to instantly come to a judgment that that is not for you. Unless we've um, told you to, listeners, in unless, which case we're we've right. Told you to. So. That's right. Um so about I want to say 14 years ago, <laughs> I think it was around you know this is the story takes place circa 2001, <sighs> might have been a year before, a year or two after. Um, friend of the show Carrie Patch uh, presented me with a scrap of paper sometime when we were hanging out on which she'd written a handful, a small handful of website addresses. Um, I don't remember. I think there were three or four. I don't remember the last two, but I remember two in particular. Um, one was a blog called Bluish Orange. Um, which I believe at the time I commented on, you know, I said, isn't that brown? Um, and another was homestarrunner.com. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. I'll check them out. I'll totally serve those. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, again, <laughs> blue and orange make brown, so I'm not really, you know, whatever. Um, and Homestar Runner sounds, I don't understand. That's just like, you're just saying vaguely sporty words together. That's, that's not a thing. I don't care. Um... And uh, for a year or two after that, I did nothing with this information. I did not go to these sites. Carrie repeatedly asked me if I'd check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, she tried to explain a couple of times what was up with HomestarRunner.com. And it just, you know, it's the guy in a Mexican wrestling mask answers email. Mm-hmm. And it's a, car- it's a cartoon. It's a what? Mm-hmm. Uh, just bounced right off my forehead. 
Until finally one day she sat me down and made me watch. She's like, we're just, we're going to watch one of these because, you know, it's going to work. You're going to see. And of course I instantly saw. And we spent like four hours one day just watching the entire site as it existed then. Um, so that's an example of where it backfired. And the other, the other one of those that I, I mentioned turning sort of turning my nose up on just based on the title um, and very little other context, that Bluish Orange. Um, the the author behind Bluish Orange is someone who I follow and follows me on Twitter now, here 14 years later. And I would even go so far as to, you know, I'd, I'd categorize her as a Twitter friend. You know, we have, we have good interactions. I like having her in my timeline. Uh, and I wish I would have back then actually given her site the time of day and gone and read all this stuff because <laughs> I think I would have been better off for it. Mm. Um, so again, I'm not saying we always get this right. I'm just saying that sometimes we can get this right. And in curiosity, uh, is sometimes the best policy hmm. because I'm an old man and I'm crotchety. And I don't care about twerking, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to call it that. <laughs> this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me, I don't think he'd mind me saying that the other day we had, um, some sports ball on the television. Uh-huh. Um, of the football persuasion, and the, that's the one with the uh, the hoops, right? You got it. The commentator said something extremely redundant, um, and it was in a string of things that was just sort of repetitive and asinine, as a lot of sports. Well, you know, the Bears have put more points on the board, so they're in the lead right now. No, no, you said that way too concisely because these people <laughs> would take maybe five sentences across a minute or two to, to say that. So mm-hmm. could you please stretch that out and um, <laughs> say it several different ways? Hold on, right hold on. Row. I need to get out my, my um, just sec. I need my football thesaurus. Yes, yes. So so I, I made a comment um, to Billy. We were sitting on the couch. Um, but I was like, does that man know what that word means? He's just said it, then he defined it, and then he used it in the same sentence again, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Billy just turns to me and goes, honey, they're talking to fe- people who watch football. They're not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Billy, but you watch football. No. <laughs> yeah. You were you were hoping like the color commentator was going to turn and said, say, Jim, that's kind of a tautology, isn't it? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. They're not talking to me. Um, yeah, no, I, I hear you. What I keep thinking about, um, and this might just be a, a difference between the two of us and mm-hmm. maybe to a fault in my case. <laughs> you, you wanted to know instantly what twerking was about? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean for that particular example. I mean, <laughs> I mean for worldview, not that sure. example. I... I don't know that I ever did look up what twerking was, but then again, in my circles, I would have seen examples in context. Mm-hmm. So I would have understood what it was more quickly than you would. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But, so if I'm thinking of things that require... It's funny that you mentioned but in this context. That one T. Listen, there was one T. <laughs> listen to what I say. Um, what listen to, to what I spell, as I say. Um... Yeah, yeah, but for things that require some sort of research or or an action to um, gain more knowledge, maybe this is suggesting that I'm much more susceptible to following things down their respective rabbit holes 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I was thinking about, you know, you're talking about this stuff as if there, you should know what categories for you are needs, you know, in terms of cultural mm-hmm. knowledge, specifically cultural literacy. Um, what do you need to know to get by and what do you not need to know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that word need is where it's tricky for me because there are things that it's not that I will actively use that knowledge to do something in the world, but I want it because it might change how I behave in the world. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I don't know. And I, I'm trying to think of a, a comparable example. Um, maybe one will come up. I don't know, but maybe I'm more curious in passing ways, I guess I could say. Well, I, I think that's definitely possible. And I mean, there's a, there's a couple things here that, uh, that I think are worth, worth talking about. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, first of all, obviously there is, there is definitely some personality stuff going on here. Um, you know, there's the uh, openness to experience is one of the big five personality traits, you know, that, that mm-hmm. psychologists measure. Um, there's, there's definitely, um, a differing thresholds people have for mm-hmm. what's going to raise the level where they're going to be curious about something and chase it down. Um, and I would, I would say too, I even think there's an introversion extroversion thing here where, um, you know, one thing that twerking twerking did for me, and this is a personality trait I've had going way back. Changed your life. Twerking, twerking the term and the concept, not not doing twerking, oh, not right. twerking itself. Um, but uh, the so I have I, this is something I've always had, and and I do think it's it's kind of a stretch, but I do think it's kind of an introvert extrovert thing mm. um, in terms of of sensitivity and, and ideal level of stimulation. I have always been, and 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 you know, um, susceptibility to like you know feeling social friction and social pressures. I have always been uh, put off by people speaking about things, using a term, saying a name, as if it's something that everyone who can hear or read them should already know all about. When I've never heard of it before, hmm. um, that is that's a very easy way to make me turn my nose up about something. If you if you assume that I know about something that you know, there's no way I've ever encountered before, then I think you're a dummy and you're not qualified to judge what people should and should not know about. So I'm not going to go look it up just out of spite. Hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've got this, I've got this, and I think it comes from a bit of defensiveness, uh, you know, when I was younger, especially about people being really into something that I didn't know about mm. and the social, you know, awkwardness or, or what have you that that can cause, you know, particularly with teenagers who are awful. Um, but in any case, I, I, you know, that's, that's me. And I recognize that that is not, that is not a good trait. Like I will, I will defend to the death the value of of focus and being able to filter well, but I will, I will say like yes, I do have a personality style that runs perhaps a bit far in the direction of I will cut off whole categories of experience and say no, not for me, hmm. and often for very shallow reasons like you know I don't like the way you drop that in a sentence like I should know what it means when I've never heard it before. You're a jerk, so mm-hmm. therefore everything you say I don't need to look up. Um, anyhow, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, and, and again, not defending that behavior, just saying that's Mm -hmm. me. And I recognize that's, that is a personality thing. (laughs) That sounds like a thing people would do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So now, now I think I'm, I may be more on board because I'm thinking about, there are certain categories of things that, um, 
I choose to write off, but I know that I'm choosing it. But maybe part mm-hmm. of the justification is what you were saying before, that it saves you the energy of having too many interests or too many mm-hmm. things to explore. Um, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I said it sort of jokingly earlier, but this idea of cultural literacy, being able to prove and demonstrate and practice the things that you are culturally proficient in. So whether right. you've watched the television shows that are, are very in right now, or whether mm-hmm. you've actually read the articles that your friends keep talking about, or whether you've just read the headline and that's good enough. Um, yeah, you, you retweeted <laughs> oh, yeah. it and moved on. Right. Oh, yeah, I saw the headline. What was mm-hmm. that about? You know, yeah. that's still a type of cultural literacy or cultural I, currency. I constantly do that to Courtney. <laughs> yes, if I heard about such and such, I was like, yeah, I saw people tweeting about that. Mm-hmm. But And that's, and, all, that's all I know that people are tweeting about yeah, it. Yeah. No, there's a good article, and I've actually read the article, thank you, um, called Faking Cultural Literacy that I, I'll send along the show notes. <laughs> um, you should send it my way, and I'll like click on it and I'll just close it without <laughs> reading it. The listener can read it for you and then tweet at you about it. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are certain ways that we should be comfortable with with knowing that we can't seek everything. Mm-hmm. We can't follow up on all these things. We can't, yeah. well, assuming, you know, you have jobs and, and things right. that occupy your time. Um, yeah. Sometimes I wish I could consume more cultural things. I wish I could watch more movies and read more books. Oh my and, gosh. You know? <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the backlog of, of movies I want to watch and, and TV that I would like to watch again. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just huge. Yeah. So it's tempting to say, oh yeah, I'm really into that. Even if you watched it once years ago and you, you actually don't even remember much about it. Um, because mm-hmm. these do become parts of our identity and parts of our social interactions. We want to belong and we want to be into what the people we like are into. Um, you right. know, not so much the snobs or the jerks, the people you're talking about who right. want well, to think that what they know is more important or better. <laughs> well, and I like that I like that phrase, what you're into. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, I think we all probably have more things we want to be into than we have time or energy or attention or money to pursue, you know, I think that's an extremely common thing. We, we live, you know, for all of the many, 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 many cultural and economic faults of our time. Um, many, I, I don't want to dismiss any of those or minimize any of them. We also live in, uh, at least in, in the Western, you know, internet connected world, we have an embarrassment of riches culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, more, more by many orders of magnitude than any one person can actually truly be current on all the time um, or could consume and enjoy at a high level, you know, in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, I do think, um, you know, you reflecting back to me on, on my crotchety old manness. Um, <laughs> I, I do think a lot of it is, I want to go back to something you, you said very at the very beginning um, when you were guessing at where I was going, which is focus. I do think some of it is focus too, talking about being into things. Um, you never know where a great insight's going to come from. You never know what really is going to be for you unless you check it out. I see also bluish orange and Homestar Runner for me. Um, but at the same time, if you are bound and determined to be current on every bit of popular culture that you know comes on major network television for the entire TV season, um, you're not going to be one of those people who has watched a certain trilogy of movies 
dozens, even hundreds of times and knows it frame by frame and has read all of the books and seen all the documentaries. And, you know, you're not going to have that kind of deep interest and deep expertise in anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of a shallow example, but, you know, let's, let's take it more broadly. Um, there's, there is a certain type of academic generalist that is interested in everything that they take a class in and find something to be super curious about in all of it. And that's a really valuable skill. Um, it's good to have a lot of a, a, a little knowledge about a lot of things because you will make connections no one else makes. Um, and you will you will be passable in a lot of situations where many other people won't be. Um, <laughs> but on the flip side, I don't think very many academic generalists who are curious about literally everything go on to be, you know, Nobel Prize winning chemists. Um, I might be wrong. I haven't read that many biographies of Nobel Prize winning chemists because that's not for me. I mean, um, <laughs> that's the track I'm on right now. That's the end goal. So, uh, but I mean, do you see what I mean? Though it's and and but you know, similar token. I, I don't want to slag on student athletes by any means. Um, I don't think that many people who uh, play basketball in college and go on to the NBA were triple majors with a minor and doing you know getting straight A's and all of those. Um, and two of them being STEM majors on top of that. You know, it mm-hmm. just, I, I really feel like uh, to really get to the highest level of a lot of things, you can't really afford to be infinitely curious about all things. Mm-hmm. No, uh, and I can, I can speak from personal experience there too, because for a while there, it sounded like you were describing my academic journey. <laughs> I was like, yep, yep, that's, that's kind of how it's been. Mm-hmm. Up to the NBA part, right? Absolutely. WNBA, here I come. <laughs> Triple science major, dunking it left and right. That's me. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about for so even though I've always had a very you know on paper I've had a very clear path and I've had focus on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, my <laughs> what? <laughs> I like that phrase. You've well, had focus true. on paper. Yeah. Well, if you if you were to look at my. Um, you know, my CV, I got a bachelor's degree in English, emphasis in creative writing. I got a master's degree in English, emphasis in creative nonfiction, so a more mm-hmm. specific genre designation. Um, and right now I'm getting a PhD in English in composition and rhetoric, which is also writing. Um, mm-hmm. So on paper, I'm very, I mean, I've been focused. I've been on this track. I also have never not been in school. So it, it's a, been a constant pursuit, a consistent pursuit. But at the same time, if you were to look at the actual academic work I've produced, the activities I've done, um, how I've made money to fund these pursuits across the last several years, um, it looks much less focused. You know, mm-hmm. I've had a wide variety of experiences, both um, because of curiosity and being open to things, um, but also because I will pick passions and follow them. I mm-hmm. Um, in some cases I was, I was going for the opportunity just to gain the new experience or, uh, trying to think of a better way to more, <laughs> trying to think of a more positive way to say it. Um, but basically to get the life experience. So the first conference I ever went to, to, to get it like you, you really like it's an experience, it's something you wanted to experience or to get it like in the sense of it's resume fodder. Both. So for instance, the first conference I ever went to, was an interdisciplinary conference. So again, focus. Mm -hmm. Um, It was tiny. It was obscure. It was in another country. 
And it was for not my degree at the time, but the job that I had during my degree. Mm. So, and I was just reflecting on this with Billy because I just returned from a fabulous conference that was in my field of study with people who have written the foundational texts that I'm reading to pursue my PhD. Mm -hmm. Um, Just absolutely amazing professional experience. Um, And I was thinking back to that first conference, the sort of the grab bag one I was describing. Um, Note, there were no bags harmed in the making of this conference. Um, (laughs) And it was a wonderful experience in so many ways. And going back, I wouldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> thinking about what this last conference did for my personal and professional life and experience compared sure. to that first conference, it's like, what a joke. Like, it, it, they, you can't even compare them. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's a good example of um, – I mean, there's a couple things. You know, one, it's a, it's a good example that, that – you're not you're often not going to regret being curious about things that are off of your track whatever that is um so again i want to be clear i'm not slagging on having that you know curiosity i'm just i'm un unslagging i'm i'm you're arguing against cautious. people who would slag against the incurious uh, dislagger I think, I think a, a cultivated incuriosity is good but i think cultivated curiosity is too <laughs> um and i mean i i, I think a lot of um, to whatever extent I'm not where I want to be in life, uh, which is a fairly large extent. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I am now, but there's a lot between here and, and childhood that I would, you know, not have gone that route if I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also things I've done that, that, you know, um, <laughs> in retrospect, probably were, were, you know, neither on my path nor that advised, but I'm glad I did. Um, I have, I have interviewed for jobs that I am in no means qualified for, you know, and, and not gotten them and been really embarrassed sometimes doing it, but, Mm. you know, I'm glad I did it. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think a lot of, a lot of, um, the benefits of things like the conference you're describing, I don't know that that conference would fit into this mold, but what it was making me think about was, uh, something that might be a great topic for another time or that might fit in here, uh, comfort zones. Mm Um, you know the value of curiosity and nudging you out of your comfort zone might be a might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in teaching, I use the phrase "productive discomfort" a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm. I hear you there. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Let's, productive uh, discomfort. What's the biz douche jarg for that? Is it let let's let's chair this right? <laughs> uh, actually, I have, I have a real one that I, that I, I know you're you're referring to the um, let's table this. You uh, bet I am. But one that one that's been making the rounds on on the geeky tech podcast I listen to lately is uh, the parking lot. Let's put that in the parking lot. Wait, oh, that's why? in the parking lot for right now. We'll come back to that. Is that like backburner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ah. I prefer my favorite is backburner. I like backburner. Well, yeah, uh, and people god know what it means. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. The project is not um, a car. It doesn't get you somewhere. It's a project. It's not a vehicle for something yeah. else. It is the else. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I like I like backburners. Um, yeah, backburner is good. Uh, that's that's another another topic that uh, I have on my list of things in case we ever run out. Is um, backburners? So, that's literally what I wrote down. But how you manage things that you don't want to do right now or that you can't do right now. 
So, Max, on your back burner is back burners? Mm-hmm. Back burners are on the back burners. It's back burners all the way down. Back back burners. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's back burner that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll table that on the back burner of the parking lot. Ah, uh, you shouldn't put the table on the stove, though. It's going to catch on fire. Mmm, I will get a fireproof table for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's order that up. Fireproofstables.com. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can. Yeah, let's see type here. Type type type. I'm curious. Do you think Chet would know about fireproof tables? Ah, oh, that guy, he's worthless. Is that in his oeuvre? Uh, I'm curious about many things. That's that's the other thing I wanna. I, I do wanna. I do want to say, having gone on my rant, is mm-hmm. yes, there are whole whole categories of experience um, and things that people say that I say, no, not for me. Um, but I am also um, someone who does tend to go down rabbit holes of various types and get completely obsessed with an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, there is – I'll put a link to this in show notes. Um, if, you, if you are uh, at your computational device and have a web browser open, you can Google for this. I think it will come up right away. Um, a gadget called the Microsoft Foldable Bluetooth Keyboard, um, which is what it sounds like. It's a – Bluetooth keyboard that folds, um, and it gets very small. I've I've seen it in stores. It's you know, um, like a big wallet. Uh, basically, when it's folded up, and when it's unfolded, it's essentially a full size keyboard, and it's about as nice as the type cover keyboards that they sell with their Surface tablets. Um, and it works with iOS devices and Android devices and Windows um, tablets and phones and such. And mm-hmm. uh, the first time I saw this thing, I spent an afternoon reading literally every review and news article and press release about it I could find. Um, and I read several things about other Bluetooth keyboards, um, including some really stupid ones that I'll link to um, in show notes. And I mean, this is and it's a it's a this is actually a category of device that I have spent a lot of time reading up on. These you know portable, um, ultra portable Bluetooth devices for for typing into phones and tablets on the go. Because mm. um, I'm also kind of obsessed with very minimalist computing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so as as a recent example um, of something that you know, I I just happened upon it. I don't recall if I saw something about it online or if I saw it in the store first. But whatever it was, like that first day, like it just completely captured my imagination, and I spent the entire day learning everything I could about it. Um, Including watching the kind of boring product introduction video in which it was announced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So that makes me think of, um, you know, I, okay, so I guess we are similar. You're just more of an old man. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> which, which makes sense. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm your sibling and I'm 10 years older, so. So there's that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I always get to be the baby, so. <laughs> that's just how this family works. Um, that's how I understand my place in the world is. Mm. Um, these people are always older than me, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, side note, absolute tangent. Um, one of my first math lessons using real-life math was um, I was some age younger than 10, but I was thinking about the distant future when I would be 10, mm-hmm. and then I realized in that distant future when I would be 10, you would be 20, Mm-hmm. Correct. And then I recognized that pattern that that would make you twice as old as me. And so I wanted to share that new realization. So I told mom, I said, oh, Max is twice as old as me. And, and she said, well, no, not quite, blah, 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 blah. And I said, no, 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 no. But when I'm 10, he'll be 20. 
<laughs> and then she pointed out whatever age I was at the time and mm-hmm. added 10 to it and showed me that that was only going to be true that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Pretty so much. Math with Max. <laughs> Welcome back to Math Corner with Katie and Max. That's pretty much all I've got. Well, no, I believe I guess, we okay. have a caller who has a question about dividing fractions. Mm, flip and Caller, multiply. Caller, you're on the air. That's what I remember. Flip and multiply? Yep, and then have your husband double check it. <laughs> when you <laughs> first I, – I, I immediately corrected and figured out what you meant because I know how to, how to do fractions. But Proud of you. Um, I, when you first said it, I was thinking – I thought you said flip and multiply, like flipping, like, you know, the, the <laughs> substitute for effing. <laughs> Flip and multiply. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you just you have to be aggressive with your with your math. Yeah, I think that's what they call the new math. Being aggressive with it. Yeah. Uh, pretty close. I, yeah. Yeah, I think Billy and anybody with an elementary schooler will get that. Common core. Um, <clears throat> no, but my real story. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, actually, back in the podcast. <laughs> back on the podcast. We um, should take we should take time off more often. Oh my god, golden. We've got like eight episodes here. <laughs> this is great. Um, Two of which are good. One of which is Math Corner. <laughs> <laughs> so, Your real story. I did have a real story, and it is sort of about math. Um, <laughs> so one of the ways that we think we're similar is that, you know, we will sometimes dive into tangential projects that just, mm-hmm. you know, we sort of get gripped by and we have the, the time and attention for it, so we go for it. There was one weekend, I don't even remember how this, I think someone had made an offhand comment at a speech tournament, and that's what made me think of it. But I spent a weekend one time, you know, a couple hours across a couple days um, each, going through old um, nationals, so like the national competition each year, Mm -hmm. going through the results packets and doing various tabulations and thinking about... My main research question was, um, you know, are there any gendered patterns to mm. um, finalists and semifinalists and quarterfinalists mm-hmm. in certain events, in certain genres of competition? Um, mm-hmm. Because we, some, whatever conversation had inspired it, we were talking about patterns and there were certain finals rounds that were either all men or all women. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I sort of became gripped by that question and... Um, wanted to go find out because that data is available. Um, not perfect, but available. Yeah. Um, so I went messing around with that for many hours across a weekend one time. Did it, did it teach you anything that you could use, you know, in your own practice as a mm, speech coach? See, that's the trick. Um, not so much for speech coaching, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I, I didn't particularly find anything striking because I didn't have enough information. The main limitation was that, there, there probably is, but I would have to ask for it or ask someone to make mm-hmm. it sensitive or no other way, unsensitive it. <laughs> um, I would need to know the proportion of participants in the tournament, mm-hmm. which I couldn't know sure. without either um, lots of manual tabulation or asking for that data, which I wasn't going to go that far. Um, I wasn't that curious, um, <laughs> not that weekend anyway, maybe someday. Um, so the numbers didn't mean anything without knowing the totals, mm. if that makes sense. I was, I was hoping the story was going to end up with you being the Billy Bean of competitive speech. Oh man. I, I mean, in another life, that's the thing about a lot of this is if I had eight versions of me, I'd be doing lots of cool mm-hmm. 
you know. But for now, I can just do like one set of cool shit. <laughs> I can only Katie once. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you only Katie once. That's what they say. Hashtag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the the transferable experience out of that weekend, though, was <laughs> when I got my writing center. Um, <laughs> And had as to, you do, <laughs> what's that? I said, as you do, mm-hmm. a haberdasher of centers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a mountain of data available that um, I got to play in. So maybe mm-hmm. mountain is, is not my word of choice. Maybe I'll say pile, a pile a of data. A sandbox of data. Yeah, that I get to play in. Um, so play on, I guess, if it were a mountain, you know. Roam around or or a, a play structure. Mm-hmm. You know they don't they make those out of metal piping like they did when we were kids. It's you know made of polymers and data. Right, right. For safety reasons. Naturally. Yeah. Code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I'd already had one experience of thinking about okay, when I have a question um, and I'm trudging through my pile of data. Um, how do I approach that question? What do I need? How, how, what are different ways that I can set up this data in a meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Um, I had already done that in a super low stakes, um, curiosity driven sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, I think that's a great illustration of, you know, it, it does pay to be curious in a lot of ways because you'll find out things that you don't find out otherwise. One, one other thing worth pointing out that several articles I saw today, um, that I was just sort of lightly skimming because I wasn't that curious about this topic. <laughs> uh, but a lot of them mentioned um, a, a figure from history, fairly obscure. I'm sure most of the listeners won't have heard of him. Um, his name is Albert Einstein. Um, uh, Al- Albert? Al- Albert, yes. Uh, A-L-B-E-R-T, I believe. Hmm. Um, Einstein spelled like it sounds. I guess, uh, okay. And uh, <laughs> said, said Max Leibman. Um uh, in any case, he, he, he very famously, repeatedly attributed his success not to intellect but to curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I I think we would we would sell ourselves short by taking the the artsy fartsy new age self help route and say that means that you just need to be curious and you can be the next Einstein. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not going to argue with arguably the most successful physicist in history if he says curiosity played a role in his success. I mean, you um, could try, but he's dead, so. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you don't want to get the, the Einstein people mad at you. <laughs> the Einstein people. <laughs> ah, yes, the the Einstein League. Uh, I, now I need to find the episode where I was talking about the tattoo people in the post show. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I I think there's you know there is a lot of benefit that can accrue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On that note, I did have I had, had two kind of brief fish. I like to I like to have practical things near the end, um, as you may have noticed. Um, for people who aren't very curious about all of the shucking and jiving we do throughout the episode, but really want to know what to do with it, <laughs> and the three of them who've made it this far, um, one was I, w- I do want to go back to something I said at the very beginning um, about the social aspect of this, which we didn't talk much about, but I think it's a super valuable skill. Be curious about people you interact with. Ask questions. Um, when I remember to do it, it's magical, uh, especially as an introvert who doesn't regard himself as being that great in person. Um, it's 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 really it's really helpful. It's a great icebreaker. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. Everybody likes to feel that people find them interesting. 
Um, so it's it's a good skill to cultivate, even if you don't actually find the people around you that interesting. Um, it'll it'll pay dividends and them thinking that you do. Um, so that's one. Two is the other thing I would say is if you are somebody who who hears things like the Einstein thing or knows people in school who really get into it, but you know you you really don't. Um, you find it all all very very dry and boring and don't see the point of any of it. Uh, and you want to to you know you see the benefit of their curiosity, but you don't really feel it yourself. The one thing I would say, um, and this is probably just good advice in general in life, is you are probably curious about something no matter what you feel your level of curiosity is, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, mine, I think is in general pretty low, but there are certain things that I obsess about and that catch my attention. And then I, you know, spend a whole day looking into, if not a month or a year. Um, so I would say just pay attention when you do have a question about something, when you are interested, when you do that once in a great while, when something does grab your attention and you want to know more and indulge that. Um, cause I do think it's, you know, everybody says like everything is like a muscle, you know, your empathy is like a muscle. Your patience is like a muscle. It's all like a muscle. Well, I do think curiosity is like a muscle too. Um, at least to the extent that all those other things that aren't very much like a muscle are, mm-hmm. uh, if you exercise it, I think it will, you'll get better at it. And the other thing is, and the reason why I think that's good advice for everybody, even people who f- think of themselves and are curious people if you pay attention to what in particular you're curious about, I think you're also going to tend to find the things that you're supposed to be doing, you know, dispositionally, the things that you're going to be better at learning, um, the things that you're going to be better at explaining, the things that you're going to be better at doing. Because um, I think the things that we are the most curious about are going to tend to be the ones that, that we're, you know, we have the most aptitude for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll build off of that to say, if I had to offer a, um, a strategy for how to get at all this stuff, maybe it would be to talk about it. I think you're absolutely spot on with the communication stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I referenced um, in a past episode about a communication workshop that my uh, faculty had put on, um, had a professional consultant who does such things come in and, and do a little workshop Um and one thing she really emphasized, um, and her name was Paula Pace, by the way. I can link to her website. Um, interesting stuff. And I, you know, as a person with communication background and writing background, and, you know, I try to be a, a sensitive, nice human. <laughs> um, I, was, <laughs> sure. I was on board with what she had to offer throughout the workshop. Um, but one thing in particular she emphasized a lot was that forcing yourself to ask questions, that very thing that you were talking about, Max, Mm-hmm. is what helps you build that empathy. If you have to think about, okay, why did Joe storm out of that meeting? What could have happened in that meeting that caused him to react that way? Or what could have happened to him earlier today that put him in that mood? Um, mm. It puts you in a curious frame, yeah. But I think curiosity brings with it a level of sensitivity to others and to the environment and to context. Um, but anyway, so anyway, that all that is to say I'm on board with all that. Um, but that idea of making connections too, sometimes as we've said, you're not going to know what is going to be significant to you later, what you're going to be able to build on or what's just Mm going to be a fun and interesting thing that you did or you tried or you thought about for a little bit (laughs) for a weekend. Um, so for me, a lot of those connections and that clarity comes from talking through what I'm working on with other people. Um, or when someone mentions something that I've recently read a little bit more about or heard a little bit more about, 
I'll bring up what notice, what I noticed, what stood out to me. Um, and then, you know, we can sort of jive together on that topic and maybe make connections that I wasn't making by myself. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe I will realize that it's connected to something that I'm already doing, or maybe I'll realize that it's not. And, but it's cool that now I know that it has something to do with someone else's work. Right. You know, so for me, and you know, maybe that's the extroverted part of me too, is, <laughs> um, I process out loud pretty well. Um, <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. So while I do make a lot of connections on my own, you know, in solitude, in writing, in reflection, um, you know, reading silently and all that, um, sometimes I do need a sounding board to make some of the, the coolest and most unexpected connections. Hi, audience. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is where I come to think out loud. <laughs> where you don't think before you speak mm, yeah unfortunately that's that's all too often true mm-hmm. so math corner <clears throat> yeah math corner mm. um yeah i think i think that could be our next property yeah yahtzee um i just need to learn some math first you have been listening to priority Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-F-M. T-Y-F-N. Thanks again for listening. Fireproofftables.com. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can. Yeah, let's see type here. Type of type of type of. I'm curious. Do you think Chet would know about fireproof tables? Ah, that guy, he's worthless. Is that in his oeuvre? (laughs) Uh, I don't think he has an oeuvre. He's male. Oh, good lord. (laughs) What has happened to the show? Surrounding Um, now. Curiosity. I think you need to read a book. That's what I think. (laughs) I think maybe you need to be a little more curious, Mr. Oeuvre. Uh, I'm curious about many things. That's, that's the other thing I want to, I, I do want to, I do want to say, having gone on my rant is mm-hmm. yes, there are whole, whole categories of experience, um, and things that people say that I say, no, not for me. Like having um, babies, but you cannot have a baby. <laughs>